Thank you for listening to the Relationship Church Podcast. In today's message titled, What Have You Put Before God? Our pastor, Ryan Neal, reminds us of God's instruction to have no other gods. He gives examples of how the children of Israel failed to do that and how we can apply this to our lives. We now join this message already in progress. So he's talking here about having no other gods before him. He's talking about God in the first, the last. It even mirrors back to the scripture when he asked, when the lawyer asked him uh, that we've talked about over the last few weeks. He says, well, what is the, the, the greatest commandment? And he tells him that it's to love the Lord God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, with all your mind, with everything that you have, with all of your being, we are to love God. And so what he talks about here is he's saying, I don't want any other God before me. Uh, You have to think about that. If you're putting another God before God, then that means that you are putting a creature before the creator because God created everything. And he said that the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, everything that dwells within it. So in order for us to have any type of God, then it has to be either something, one, that was created by God himself, or two, something that was created by someone who was created by God, uh, which is you and I. And we're going to be talking today from the book of Exodus, chapter number 32, when the children of Israel did exactly what the Lord told them not to do, which was created the golden calf. And so, Uh, Moses is up on Mount Sinai, and he is looking to get uh, a word from God for the people. And according to the people and according to Exodus 32, if you look at it, they told Moses, who was the second in command, they told Moses, they said, well, we don't really know what has become. I'm sorry, they told uh, Aaron, we really don't know what has become of this Moses. He's been gone for too long. So while Moses is on Mount Sinai trying to get a word from the Lord for them, they have made up their mind that they don't know how much longer he's going to be gone, if he's going to come back. And they have decided that they want to create another God. Now, this is the same children of Israel who had seen the miracles and the the wondrous works of God. This is the same children of Israel who had seen all of the plagues. This is the same children of Israel who had seen the Red Sea parted, and they decided that they had not seen enough to believe that God is God, to believe that God will provide, to believe that God is everything that they needed, to believe that God is the God of all comfort. They have not seen yet in order to really trust God without fail. And so we see them here. They decided that when Moses left, they I wish I could tell you that they decided that they were going to encourage each other, that they were going to, to talk to each other in songs and hymns begin to encourage each other that if Moses was gone, that God would send another Moses. I wish I could tell you that they had gotten to the point where they said, well, you know what, let's look back on the past things that God has done and let's encourage ourselves uh, on the testimonies uh, of the things that God has done in the past. I wish I could tell you that they decided to pray and begin to call down fire from heaven to in order to see the wondrous works of God so that God would send them another leader or provide a way for things to work out on their behalf. I wish I could tell you that they called a fast and that Aaron had the sense to say, no, we are 
are going to trust the God who parted the Red Sea, but they did not do that. What did they do? They decided that when they were in their in what they perceived to be their darkest hour, because when you really look at what was going on here, there was actually no threat. There was no enemy coming in. There was nothing happening. They had just gotten impatient. They had just got tired of waiting. And so they found themselves in a place where because they were inconsistent in their relationship with God, because they had gotten tired of waiting, they had no stick to itness, that they got to the point that they said, we are going to fashion a God that we can see, that we can control, and that we can manipulate. And when you hear that word manipulate, you usually think of a manipulative person or think of something uh, evil. But what the word manipulate really means is just that I can act upon this thing and, and immediately begin to see what I want to see come out. So we manipulate a lot of things. We can manipulate uh, 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 objects or things that are in our hand. We can take something like play and we can begin to manipulate it. It's just that when we begin to move it with our hands, we see the effects of the cause coming out right away. And we as people of God, we have gotten to the point where many times we want to manipulate the God that we serve. We want to get to a point. We want to get to a place. We want to be in a position where we can see the immediate effects of the things that we want to happen. We think that we should pray and come out of prayer and immediately be able to see the effects of our prayers coming to pass. But we have to understand and we have to realize that God is not a God that is, is, is predicated upon our whims. God is not a God that is going to, to move just because we want him to move in this way or that way. And I've told you all before that God is a God that is more predicated and is more uh, uh, concerned with, concerned with, our character as opposed to us being comfortable. He's a God that is looking to develop our character, even in situations where we didn't do anything wrong. Look at Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And what exactly were they dealing with? They were dealing with a situation where they knew what the word of God said. They knew what Exodus 20 said. They knew what Exodus 32 said. And so when King Nebuchadnezzar built a golden image and told them to fall down and worship that thing, the Bible tells us that they would not do it. They told Nebuchadnezzar to his face that they would not bow. And even in that situation, they didn't try to manipulate God. They didn't try to say, well, I serve a God who's going to keep me from the fiery furnace. They had an if not. They said, well, you know what? I'm going to serve God whether it appears that he's serving me or not. Because, see, some of us only serve God as long as it appears that God is serving us. But they said we are going to serve God whether God appears to be serving us or not because we trust him just that much. We're to put another God in front of God no matter what it appears that God is doing to us. And they had to go through the fiery furnace, but because they served a faithful God, hallelujah, the fire that was meant to kill them only burned up the things that the enemy tried to use to bind them. And some of us will get to the point where we won't serve God anymore when we are presented not with the fiery furnace, but just with the threat of the fiery furnace, just with the threat of the lost job, just with the threat of boredom sometimes, just with the threat, hallelujah, of not getting 
everything that we want in life, just with the threat of not having a situation that we feel that we are able to manipulate and it comes out the way that we want it to, just with the threat of having to wait on the Lord. The Bible says that we ought to wait on him. You don't have to wait on something that happens quickly. You have to wait on something that seems like it's taking more time than you desire for it to take. But he said, if you wait on the Lord, hallelujah, that you will mount up on wings as eagles. And so the children of Israel here at Mount Sinai made a mind that they did not want to wait. And so the Bible says that Aaron told them to take all of the gold that they had and they, they, they molded this image that they called a graven image. And this graven image that they begin to mold, it was something that they could see with their natural eyes. It was something that they could control and it was something that they could manipulate. It was something that they could uh, decide how this thing is going to go. They didn't know what happened to Moses and God did not always move with their whims the way that he wanted to move with their whims. And so they decided that they were going to have this graven image. But how do you know that one thing about anything that you serve other than God is that it is temporal. The Bible says that the moth and, 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 and the rust and the thief between one of those three things, between crime, between environmental factors, between uh, um, age, the things that you have in this world, the things that you put your trust in are temporal. And just like Brother Olu was talking about, even in the opening scripture, we put our minds on these temporal things, but we've got to put our minds on the higher things. We've got to put our minds on the things of God. And so Moses came back and the Bible tells us that he began to burn with anger at, at uh, Aaron for allowing this thing to happen. And Moses, the Bible says that he took this calf, this golden calf, this graven image that they had, and he ground it. First, he burned it. And after he burned it, he ground it down to powder. Then he took the powder and sprinkled it on the water. And the children of Israel had to drink of the water in, 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 a, in a ways as a punishment. But this thing went away, this thing that they put all of their faith in, it was able to be ground down to dust. Do you understand that anything besides God that we are putting our faith in, any God that we are putting before God is temporal. It can never meet the, the eternal needs of the spirit on the inside of you. That thing that you're longing for is, is your spirit man. See, we've got a natural man, and that natural man longs for natural things. But the Bible says in Matthew chapter number six, he said, the heavenly, your heavenly father knows that you have need of these things, these things that you need, these things that you want. You can never allow them to take the position of God. Because, see, God had provided the children of Israel with the things that they used to make the golden calf. And God said, I will provide you with everything that you need. I will give you your daily bread. You can have your possessions, but once your possessions have you, then you have made them a God before me. And my question to you, like Moses questioned the children of Israel, is what have you put before God? What graven image have you made? What have you fashioned? and begin to worship? How have you put yourself on the throne of your own heart? Hallelujah. What has convinced you that there is something worth serving other than God? We have been convinced in this day and age that God is too difficult to serve, that the ways of God are too difficult to meet with. Even in the very churches, what are supposed to be the churches of the Lord, we have begun to see compromise all over about how you can serve 
and still serve the things of this world. But I come to tell you on this afternoon, Relationship Church, that there is one God and you cannot put anything before him. He is not too difficult to follow. We don't have to create our own God. I was counseling a guy on earlier this week. He doesn't live here in St. Louis. He's not a member of our church, but I've got a group of people that I counsel as a part of another uh, uh, organization that I work with. And one of the guys that I was counseling through that organization and I began to walk him through how he had put another God on the throne. And just quickly to tell you what was going on in his life is that he and his wife were on the rocks and they were having some issues. They were having some problems and he was trying to make it work. But every time he tried to make it work, it seemed like they would fall back out again. And so this past time, when I talked to him in the past, he made it seem like he wasn't very concerned. Oh, well, if she stays, she stays. If she goes, she goes. But there was something more. He said that to make himself feel better. But truthfully, he, he had some issues that needed to be addressed. And so when I talked to him about a week or so ago, he was telling me that he had picked up a domestic violence case. And I was talking to him about it and I said, man, what happened? As I spoke to you, you told me that things were on the up and up and whether it worked out or whether it didn't work out, you had peace about it. And he told me about how he was trying to make it work with his wife again, but he had a funny feeling he bought a tracker from Amazon and attached it to her car so he could follow her every move and see what was going on and he watched the, the, the route that she would go and the things that she'd do. And so after a while, he was satisfied that maybe things were okay. And so he was cooking dinner for her and he said he was watching the tracker on his phone just to see when she was gonna be home. But at the last minute, she turned off and she turned down into a neighborhood and make a long story short, he followed the tracker to the house got got crazy got the kids in the car young kids got out of the car went to the door of of the man some man opens the door and he begins to fight with the man and he begins to yell at his wife come home so she comes home and 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 to make a very long story short they get into a scuffle over her her messages and see what she's doing and 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 i told him i said so she ends up calling the police based on this scuffle. And, and I told him, I said, you know, the problem that you have is that you have made your marriage a God. You have made this situation with your wife, this, this issue that's going on here. And, and don't get me wrong, that, this is a perfect example to show you how the things that God has for you can become an idol if you put them before him. But what he began to do is that he wasn't trusting in God and he was not trusting uh, uh, in God supplying all his needs. And he began to tell me, he said, I just feel like if I don't have her, I won't be happy. If I can't be with her, I won't have joy. If I can't be with her, I won't have peace. If I can't be with her, I can't be comfortable. If I can't be with her, then things are not going to be right in my life. And I told him that the only Thing, the only person, the only concept that you can search after with all of your heart in such a way like that is God. The only person that you can say that I won't be happy with is God. Because, because the thing about it is that God will challenge you in the very area of your life of the thing that you feel like you just can't make it without. The, the Bible shows us even with Abraham and Isaac, Abraham wanted a child because God had made him a promise and God promised him that I am going to make your descendants as the stars of the sky. And so when he got this promised child, we can see that it's very likely 
that he began to, in some way, shape, or form, put this child before God. God had to challenge him and had to tell him to put him on the altar. Sometimes God will cause the things in our life that we seem to be putting before him in some way, shape, or form to have to go on this sacrificial altar so that we can realize he is the only one that deserves to be called God. He's the only one that deserves to sit on the throne. And so I ask you today, what have you put in place in your life that you have decided, if I don't have this, I can't have that. If I don't have this, then I won't be comfortable. If I don't have this, then I won't have peace. Things like this are, are, are statements that even if we don't say them, we think to ourselves many times. If I had blank, I would be happy. If I could only blank, then I would have peace. If he or she would only, then I would have you insert the blank. If only, then I could be comfortable. If only I could, then I could what? More easily serve God. Because sometimes we'll make even a deal with ourselves on things like that. Well, if I just had this, well, if things would just slow down a little bit in my life, well, if I just had a little bit more money and didn't have to work so hard, then I would be able to serve the Lord. Well, you have made that job an item if you have put that thing in front of serving the Lord. The Lord knows what you have need of. He said, I will supply all of your needs according to my riches in glory. And we have to know and we have to understand that until we have made our priorities correct, we will never have the joy that we want. We have thought that maybe it's our investment account that will make us happy. Maybe it's a nice new, brand new, shiny vehicle that will give us joy. Maybe it's a new position at our job, or maybe a new position at the same job, or maybe a new position at a new job. Maybe it's a home with more space or renovation uh, or remodeling to your current home. What is it that you feel like will make you happy? And then you need to think about that thing and check that thing to make sure that you have not made it an idol. Because God said that I am the God of all comfort. I am the God. Paul said that, that God is the God of all comfort. He comforts us so that we can comfort others. And we have got to make up in our mind that no matter how long we go without feeling like we are able to see God. See, the children of Israel were fine while Moses was there. But when they couldn't see any longer what God was doing, then they got antsy. And for many of us, when we can't see exactly what God is doing in our life, then we have a wandering eye and a wandering heart. And we begin to set up other things in our life and begin to make a God out of that thing. But I come to tell you today that God takes idolatry very seriously. He said, no other gods shall you have before me. But when you make up your mind that you're going to have the patience to spend time in the word of God, where you're going to have the patience to spend time waiting on God, not getting like the children of Israel, where when God seems to not be answering and not be there at your whim, that all of a sudden you're more than ready to move on to a God that you can see, to move on to serving something that you can manipulate, your investment account, the, 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 new, the new book that that you're gonna read that's gonna make your life better, the new self-help program that you have uh, uh, invested your time and your money into, the next new thing that you feel like is going to bring you joy. But God said, you shall have no other gods before me. They're all temporal things. 
There is only one God who died on the cross for your sins. There is only one God who rose again with all power in his hands and is able to declare that I am he that was dead and now liveth. Hallelujah and liveth forevermore. God, we thank you right now, Lord Jesus, for the reminder, God, not to put any other gods before you. Hallelujah, the reminder, Jesus, hallelujah, that you will supply all of our needs according to what? According to your riches and glory. According to, hallelujah, according to your riches and glory, which means that we've got more than we could ever need. Hallelujah, according to this infinite amount of riches and that you have, this infinite amount of glory that we cannot measure, oh God, that's how you are going to supply our every need. Exceedingly abundantly, oh God, that's how you're going to supply what it is that we need. But God, we promise you right now, and God, we help you. We ask that you help us, Lord God, if we have gotten into this mode of even prayer that we need and we want you to give us all the time without taking time to worship you for who you are. Lord, I worship you because of who you are. God, we worship you because of who you are, not because of what you give, but because of who you are. And God, we thank you right now. God, we trust you right now. God, we believe you right now. God, we trust you because we know that you are the God that healeth us. You are the God of everything that we could ever need. God, we worship you for who you are. And God, we thank you for who you are. We worship you for who you are right now in the name of Jesus. God, just increase our faith. God. Increase our faith in you. God, that when we can't hear you, God, we can't see you. We don't know exactly what you're doing. We can still trust you. When we can't trace your every step, God, we still trust an invisible God because we know, Lord Jesus, that you're the God that parted the Red Sea. You're the God that allowed water to come out of a rock. God, you're the same God that turned the bitter waters of Mara sweet. And unlike the children of Israel, God, we don't want to be caught in a situation where we should be worshiping. And God, we take our own testimonies and we fill in the blank. We take our own testimonies, oh God, and we encourage ourselves, encourage our brothers and our sisters in Christ that he who has begun a good work will complete it and for the sense enough to know to worship you because of who you are. And it's because of who you are and not what you provide, because of who you are and not what you do that we trust. You've always got our best interest at heart, God, even when we don't know what our best position is. And so, God, we give you the praise. We give you the honor. We give you the glory, God. And we ask right now, Lord Jesus, that you would help us Help us, oh God, to worship you. Help us, oh God, to put no other God before you. Help us, Lord Jesus, to not be like those found murmuring and complaining, taking a lifetime to get where you wanted to take us in, 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 momentary, in, in a momentary time, oh God. Taking a lifetime to get where you wanted to take us in a matter of days. And God, we thank you and we bless you in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name.